0: Welcome back to another edition of the Arms Boom and Lag Project. It is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Happy to have you on this Tuesday evening. And uh, we got a great show for you, as always. I don't think I'm ever going to say we don't have a great show for you, although I might one day, but not tonight. Tonight, we got a really great show for you. Uh, I got a great local guest that uh, I'm really excited to talk to her about because she's an amazing woman. Uh, She's somebody who I've looked up to through some of the charity work she's done, taking uh, an extremely tragic event. And turning it into a source of happiness and healing for so many folks here in the Windsor-Essex area. So we're going to welcome her to the show in just a few moments. But uh, hopefully you're staying cool. I don't want you to think I'm like a weird guy, though, right? I'm wearing my hoodie, my sick kid's hoodie with pride today uh, because of my guest and because I'm actually broadcasting. People ask me like, hey, where is this little hard studio? It's actually my home office. And my home office is in our unfinished basement. Don't let the wall behind you fool you. That's actually just a backdrop uh, for the show. But I am usually freezing down here. So uh, I tossed this on tonight. So I just want to let you know it's not because it's like 90 billion degrees outside. Uh, I'm just wearing a hoodie because. So a couple of things to get to, though, before we welcome our guest on the show. We had some really fantastic conversations on Friday night. Uh, Last Friday, actually, we welcomed Melanie Coulter to the show for episode 17. Hard to believe it. Our executive director from the Windsor-Essex County Humane Society. We talked about the future of the Humane Society and more. So that's up on YouTube and Spotify. And then this Friday, oh my God, an awesome show. Steve Bell, voice of the Windsor Spitfires, former AM 800 sports director, is going to be my guest for an extra-large Friday to the 13th edition of the Arms Boom and Lag Project. Now this, as far as I know, is the first time Steve has had a chance to interact with the public one-on-one. So I'm really excited to have Steve on the show. We've got a lot of catching up to go. I haven't really had uh, a back-and-forth on air with the Beller uh, since I left AM800 back in 2017. So yeah, AM800 legend, Steve Bell, live on the Arms Boom and Lag Project. He's going to talk about the upcoming Spitfire Season 2. That's this Friday the 13th just after 8 o'clock. Now, my guest on the show tonight is uh, somebody who, again, has gone through so much, but has given back so much to so many people, including my family. She was one of uh, many people who reached out to my wife, Carrie, and I uh, when we started to share publicly what we were going through back in 2018 with my son, Liam, and his diagnosis of congenital heart defects. Uh, We're happy to say we've worked alongside their organization for quite some time, And they continue to do just amazing work, not only here in Windsor-Essex for critically ill kids and their families, but right across the globe as well. I'm really pumped up to welcome uh, Laura Rive Spencer, who is joining me on the show tonight on The Project. Laura, what's going on? Thanks for spending some time with me. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess, where you've been, how you started Kick It Capes, um, and how this really impacted not only you, but folks right across um, the region coming up with this concept with kick it capes. Uh, let's go back to what led you on this journey, if you don't mind. If for people who may not know your story. Sure.
1: Um, so in 2014, um, March, our middle son, Mason, um, was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called histiocytic sarcoma. Um, so just having to tell family and and friends and everyone was pretty devastated for us, um, not knowing much what they could do to help. Um, so, my best friend was living in Kingston, um, still is. She runs um, a nonprofit called Happy Soul Project, which she started um, when she had a little girl named Pip um, who had Down syndrome. So, um, she decided to put out to her big following to ask, um, if anybody could make a cape for her to send to my son um, to make him, you know, kind of feel strong and and help him get through this um, tough bottle that he had a, ahead of him. Um, so she did. Um, she put it out there and she had quite a few people offer to do it. Um, so that picture, that's his cape. So she ended up coming to visit us in London Children's Hospital. Um, I think it was around May. Um, So he was already a couple of months into his chemo treatment and gave him his cape, his personalized cape. So his cape had an M on it, um, and it had a slingshot. So we had used the analogy of um, David and Goliath with his battle against cancer. Um, So that's what that represents. Um, She also brought along with her a bunch of capes um, for Mason to hand out. So he kind of walked around um, the halls and handed out some kit capes to um, other patients on the floor, um, which, of course, little kids and superheroes are cool. So um, it was something, you know, that was started very organically um, to help um, my son feel powerful and strong in this big battle that he had. But then it turned into something that we realized was, bigger than we could have ever imagined. So during his journey, it continued, like people were um, throwing, sewing bees and and lots of people gathering together to sew all these capes for um, kids in the hospital or kids not just with cancer, but also kids, you know, fighting any sort of illness or disease or battle. Um, So it started with that and now, I mean, here we are, actually we're at over 10,000 capes sent worldwide now. Um, so we have different programs, like we um, we supply different hospitals with um, NICU-creamy um, capes. And uh, we also send out a lot of capes to adults as well who are fighting cancer or big battles. Um, so it's really just turned into something bigger than we could have ever imagined.
0: You know what's... Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you're in that situation and I've said this to so many parents that I've talked to and certainly I know talking with you. Um, I posted before we went live here on the show too um, the latest Cape that we had received from you guys. Um, and we got it uh, at a time where, you know, people quite a- honestly a- asked me about Liam's diagnosis about CHD and congenital heart defects. Um, and we go back and forth. We do what I call the 401 track, right? So his cardiologist is in, London Health Sciences Dr. Michael Gratton who is just one of the most amazing doctors I've ever met in my life. Um, and then we go up to sick kids as well. But we're primarily out of London for his heart. But we often take that trek up to London Health Sciences and I and I say to folks who who have kids who are healthy and have kids that are medically good like there's no issues you don't know that drive and what that does to a parent when you're going up there to the 414 a diagnosis or for a checkup and it's a different feeling i think for a husband and a wife or a husband and a husband or a wife and a wife or partners whatever when you're taking that trip up the 401 right i i I think you guys would agree with that right i mean taking you know it's it's a different feel right
1: yeah for sure it's almost like a different world you're walking into where um Somehow it also feels like you're not alone um, just because you're surrounded by so many other families who are um, receiving diagnoses, receiving treatments, um, the same sort of, maybe not the exact same sort of situations, but you all get it. You're all upheaved from your normal life and what you expected your child to be. Um, Never, no one ever, ever expects that they're gonna have a child who has some sort of health issue. Or a diagnosis that may change your life and the way you have to deal with things on a daily basis Um, so going you know up the 401 to london or toronto it's such a different different feeling than being in your own local hospital you know they cater more to the kids in london and toronto obviously Um, so it's it's hard and it's also like a homey feeling i don't know it's
0: hard to explain yeah. It's uh, it's a different journey. And I think it's a different, it's a different, and I know in, in your family's case too, I mean, you, you get to see, you know, where you have faith, I think in the medical staff who I think at the end of the day, I think there's no question that when you take a look at, you know, medical staff, they go above and beyond constantly, uh, especially for kids. And, and I've said too many times too, Laura, right. You know, doctors and nurses, they really take, the time, uh, at least, and I know in our family's experience, to walk parents through could be some of their darkest hours. And 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 I know for your situation and our situation's different, very much different, but very much similar in the sense that you have each other to rely on each other, but you can also uh, rely on the expertise and the compassion of the medical professionals as well. Oh,
1: absolutely! I mean, there's there's some super amazing. Um, nurses in Windsor and London um, who still hold a super close place in our hearts because they journeyed that journey with us with Mason. He unfortunately passed away Um, and we've been back to both Windsor and London and continue to go because in a weird, weird way you can still feel him there just because um, there's so many people that loved him there as much as we loved him um, because they watched you know, the journey that he went through and tried to support us as best as they can, um, going obviously above and beyond even just nursing and doctor's jobs by mm-hmm. just, you know, caring for our family.
0: Did you know that you wanted to turn this into uh, an initiative that really affected so many people here in Windsor-Essex as you were going through this with your son? Or was this something that you wanted to kind of explore after the fact?
1: Um I think it more came, um, it, it wasn't a planned, It, 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 kind of took us by surprise. Like, um, like I said, that first cape was, was meant, you know, just for Mason to help him feel strong. But then you just realize there's, there's so many other kids out there who, um, could use the help and the strength and, and whatever it's, it, it helps the parents too. Like, to be honest, there's many times we've gone back to London hospital and, um, pre COVID been allowed to walk into these patients' rooms with their parents, obviously with their permission, um, Mm -hmm. and hand the kids a cape that maybe the kid at that time doesn't understand, but the parents' faces and and eyes are filled with tears because they know what it means to them. You know, it helps them as well. Like there's, you walk into rooms or we have pictures of, um, capes hanging on IV poles in patients' rooms. Um, Unfortunately, we have some pictures of capes um, hanging on caskets. Like that's, that's just where this journey of these capes go from. They walk through the journey with the kids as well.
0: Yeah. And here's some photos too, just from our folks who are wondering, you know, about kick it capes and some of the individuals who have received these as well. I mean, it's really like you had said, all walks of, uh, uh, of medical conditions, right? I mean, we, yeah. we, we've seen so many of them here and um, you know, you continue to see these particular uh, people who use um, this and, and you get to see, you know, again, the smiles, I think, you know, a little bit of peace for these folks who are going back and forth. And, and I mean, I love this too. I mean, obviously a graduation one here as well. Um, really something to look at and really something to see over the next little bit. And this little guy with the Superman one as well. So yeah, uh, Tell me about the process of making these capes, like the requests come in. How does that work?
1: Um, So if you go on to our Happy Soul Project It Capes um, Facebook page, um, there's actually, if you click on a link, um, you can nominate. You can send a message through our Facebook page um, and you can nominate a child. Um, Normally it comes through that way. If there's a specific request, we have amazing cape makers in Windsor. We have a, a main one in Windsor and in Kingston who you just give them any request and they're amazing. They have done, gone above and beyond um, with making super special little capes for for the special requests that we've had. Um, we do have stocks of capes. Um, I have a cape room in my home, um, which holds like all our material and um, rows and rows of capes that I can choose from if I get the age, the gender, kind of what they kind of like. Um, and as soon as we get that request, then I I go downstairs, pick a cape, put it in the bag and get it mailed away for them as soon as we can.
0: What's interesting about this too, Laura, is the fact that, you know, when you spend some time with these folks and you go through the process and, and you see, you know, these requests come in for capes, I mean, how, as a mom who you know, you, you lost your son. How does that make you feel when you go through some of these these requests and you get to read some of these stories that folks are sending in uh, about this? And then on the flip side of that, when you get to see these final products like those photos that we just showed, I mean, how does that make you feel to see that this is this is being carried on?
1: Um, obviously, I, I love doing it. I love that it's kind of a... Um, like a legacy for mason right um each cape has a little tag in it um that says kick it capes inspired by mason with a little little character on it so i feel like there's a little piece of mason in every single cape so i, I love doing it i love going down to pick out a cape and i love when people send me pictures of their cape, of their kids in the capes and them flying around and and i don't know that just warms my heart and it and it as a bereaved mom it. It's healing. It's healing, knowing that um, it's bringing some smiles to other kids.
0: You know, before the show, we were talking a little bit about how far the reach has gone for this. And I think in the world of social media, too, Laura, that you have the opportunity to really impact people, not only here in the Windsor-Essex area, but uh, around the province, around Canada, around the world. Tell me about some of those successes that you've seen and, and continue to see, not only here locally, but provincially and even across the globe.
1: Oh, yeah, we've we've sent capes, oh, like everywhere, honestly, everywhere, I can't even name just everywhere. Um, We don't just get requests um, for Windsor and Essex County. Um, We have multiple messages, um, definitely weekly um, from people from all around the world asking for capes for for different kids, Um, but we do also do a lot locally. Um, because we work hand in hand with little hands, kids for a cause, which we love, which is very near and dear to our hearts. So um, when there is a new child nominated um, through little hands, they um, make sure that they message me right away to make sure that we can get a cape out to that child so no child is missed. Um, I hate that. I don't want to make I want to make sure nobody's missed, right? Um, sure. And then I mean, we're also stocking up um, we usually, supply windsor london kingston toronto with all sorts of capes um a few times a year um we just make sure that we make trips up there and stock them up
0: that's amazing and you know i i when we brought liam home from the hospital in 2018 the first cape that we got from you guys and i look at it now and it's like this big it's so tiny and it's like oh my god laura like where did the time go but You guys did like a lion for him because that's kind of like his symbol, and I I love it. I was actually putting away some of his laundry. That's why, like again, I have the tired dad look. My wife is actually (laughs) my my wife is actually in Niagara with her mom and her sister right for the last couple days. So I've been like single dad, uh, which is fine. I'm happy to do it, but it's like I my like my mom came over today just for dinner, and she's like, "You look tired." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have like I'm like I'm, I'm I'm wiped." But I'm putting away his stuff anyways, his laundry today. I was doing laundry and then. Um, getting some of his fall clothes ready and putting his closet. And I saw the cape and I'm like, oh my God, like long, huh? it yeah. just goes by so quickly. Right.
1: It really does. It really does. Yeah. And then it's I fair. saw. Look how far he's come.
0: Right? Yeah. I, so I mean, we're, dead. we're blessed, right? We're, we're blessed. And I'm, um, you know, we're, I, I, I I'm going to say the 401 track again. Right. Because my wife and I are always have that cautious trepidation when we, um, make the trip up to go see his cardiologist. It's like, we're just on the threshold of just, you know, starting to think about, uh, will he need more surgery? What does that look like? How will that go? Um, you know, whether it's done in London or at sick kids, it's like, you know, it's a lifelong thing that we're dealing with, but at the end of the day, it's like one day at a time. But, um, you guys, I think six months ago, you guys were able to get another Cape, um, a Batman Cape. And I swear to God, he wears it like almost daily. When he gets home from daycare, it goes on and he's like, I'm Batman. Then he'll put on a chef hat. He's like, I'm Batman chef. And I'm like, all right, whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's awesome. But it makes him feel good, right? Because we tell him, you know, and I'm sure you were the same way with Mason, right? It's like. When they go through those things that they go through when in terms of like medical uh, diagnoses and tests and surgeries and all these different things and treatments, it's like, I know for you and I, I it's like the kid's tougher than me. And I'm, I've been on here, this planet for 40 years this December. And it's like, you're a super, in my eyes, you're a superhero. In my eyes, Mason is a superhero. In my, my eyes, all those kids that we see, the, the adults too, who are going through this, it's like, yeah. it takes strength, I think, for an individual to do. Be through to go through what they've done, and then on the flip side, for you too, as a parent, because I mean, I think there's a part of you that it hardens as an individual because it's like it's like my wife and I when we were going through the diagnosis of of Liam and everything that went around CHD. I was the one that was like a blubbering mess, you know. Like I was the one, you know. I, I and I'll maintain this. I'm not. Um, I'm not a super religious person. Right. But when we were in we were in Toronto going through uh, his surgeries, I'm like dialing a priest in Windsor. Like I, I was literally calling like preset assumption and God bless Father uh, uh, Maurice Rustivio, uh, you know, talking to him a little bit. But I mean, like for, for, I'm just saying for your particular situation, too, it's like I think a part of you really toughens up. Right. Or, or at least needs to vent about especially for everything that you guys have gone through.
1: Everybody needs somebody to talk to you. know what I mean? Um, You can't keep like, you know, in the time and the moments of um, watching your child be poked and prodded and not knowing what's going to happen and and trying to tell them to be strong and and it's going to be okay, even though you don't know that it's going to be okay. um, You then have to step back and take the time to also um, be real. Maybe not in front of your child, but um, have somebody you can, you know, talk to and and be real with and tell them how scared you are and how much it sucks to watch them go through what they're going through.
0: I think, you know, for for our situation, you know, and, and I speak to a lot of parents who to me. I mean, I was, I was, I I always say this to people for the years I used to do broadcasts at Ronald McDonald's, uh, or McDonald's for Ronald McDonald, uh, Ronald McDonald house. And I used to do broadcasts, uh, talking about sick kids fundraisers. And I don't want to say I was disingenuous about it. I wasn't, but it would be like, okay, there's a fundraiser. going. It's McHappy day. Okay. Oh, you stayed at this. Okay. Right. And you go back and forth, but you get to see when you're in that position, Right, as a family, you get to see the ins and outs of it, and then you get to really have that sort of appreciation to say, "Okay, this is something that's very serious, and it's it's impacting me." And then you go into the fight or flight mode. Now, when Mason was was going through the treatment, and he, and you were with him on the journey, um, did you guys have to stay at the Ronald McDonald House? Did you go through that particular yeah, and in, in London or Toronto?
1: Both, actually, we were only in Toronto for one week when we were harvesting his cells for what was possibly going to be a bone marrow transplant, but we spent 90% of our time in um, London and uh, the Ronald McDonald House, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that I knew about the Ronald McDonald House before Mason was sick, but like, you just don't know until you know, like it allowed my husband and my two other kids to be up there. Um, we spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time together. Um, Mason was sick for eight months, but he was probably <sighs> hospitalized seven of those months. Oh my um, God. So having the opportunity to have us all together and feel just like a little bit normal with like all of us, all five of us being in his hospital room. Cause he couldn't leave very often cause he was quite sick. Um, but to like watch a movie together at night or Um, have dinner together or whatever it was. Um, but no, but then they could go back to the Ronald McDonald house, and we would switch off sometimes. Um, and because it's important for the siblings of a sick child as well to um, have both of their parents available, so sure. Um, having that opportunity to be that close, especially London, it's right there. Um, was amazing. I, I can never, ever say enough. We'll never be able to repay the Ronald McDonald House for allowing that. I just, I thank our lucky stars that we were not diagnosed during COVID because right? honestly, having all of us
0: together yeah. and not being allowed to do that, I, I don't know how we would have survived. Carrie, my wife, and I actually talked about that when, um, you know, ever since I started doing the show, my, my my wife was like, Okay, you're doing one of these a week right? that's it and now i'm up to two a week which is fine whatever but yeah uh you know i she's like okay who do you got on the show this week and i said oh yeah, we're gonna talk to laura from kick it Capes." And she's like oh that's awesome and then she goes and then we started just kind of snowballing and then we we're talking about um we know some some folks locally which i wanted to talk to you too about sort of that camaraderie that you have with other parents of sick yeah. kids but i said I, I we we actually said can you imagine going through all the hell that we've gone through and other like you guys went through but doing it during covid where you're only allowed one person in or i know at the height of covid where they were saying there was like nobody allowed it um at certain times like it was already crushing enough like for us at the ronald mcdonald house because we stayed uh for almost three months in the toronto location we did book one night at Ho- in london but when they realized how severe liam's heart was we were like right up the 401 within an hour but um we stayed at the the one in downtown Toronto and. It's like a love-hate relationship with the Ronald McDonald house. And I mean that with the utmost sincerity. It's because it's like when you're at sick kids and you know, and I say this to people all the time, like I love sick kids, and like when we took Liam back up for a checkup, it's very it's a weird feeling. It's like you feel like you're home because you spend so much yeah. time there. Yeah. But as a parent and you're cause they've got it in sick kids, if 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 folks are listening to the show or watching the show and they're like, I've I've seen sick kids, I haven't seen like i I'd like what is it? So it's a pediatric hospital, one of the best in the world, right in the heart of downtown Toronto. Uh, they're fundraising right now to build a new location, which is awesome. But they've got the room set up, and I can speak to the um, the uh, 4D, which is the, the the section for Heart Warriors. Uh, generally speaking, and other kids as well who have critical illness, um, they've got little cots and things where people can sit, and 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 parents can kind of relax and, and sleep. Because, quite honestly, if your child is in pain and they're suffering, you're not going anywhere, right? Um, but like when I was up there, my wife stayed the entire time. Uh, once Liam sort of stabilized, I made the commute from Windsor to Toronto back. But I remember like when I say love, hate relationship with the Ronald McDonald house, Laura, it's like, Carrie felt guilty going to sleep. If that makes sense. Right. Like I felt, I felt guilty going to sleep. Like you're, it's like, somebody's got to be here for him if he wakes up. Right. But like you also, as an individual, as a person, you need to sleep. And as much as you want to sleep in the cots, at Sick Kids, I mean, I quickly realized what a code blue was. I quickly realized what, you know, all the different codes were. Um, you know, the nurses, God bless them, are coming in the room, checking on the IVs. It's like, you're not getting sleep. You may sleep for like 20 minutes, but you're not getting sleep. So I just remember every morning waking up at the Ronald McDonald house when we would do the alternating shifts. Yeah. And I the first thing I would do is get on the phone, so like at five in the morning, I'm like, oh, how was he? What was the night like? You know, what's our status update? And I, and I say that it's like, you love to be there, but it's like, you hate to be away from your kid. But it's, I mean, when we were in downtown Toronto, I mean, we priced out, we had to stay in a hotel in one night when he got admitted for his first surgery. And it was honestly no bigger than like a small walk-in closet. Um, the price was, Laura, honestly, like four, almost 450 bucks a night. And that's with, and that's with um, the sick kids Discount. And then it's like at the end of our our stay at the Ronald McDonald House, it was honestly, I want to say, uh, I think it was like four hundred dollars for the three months, which is insane. Yeah, which is amazing. Right. It's amazing, right? right? Like folks, like folks I mean, could literally go bankrupt.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. When we were going through it, um, I believe it was ten dollars a night, um, but um, I believe pediatric oncology. Um, families were covered through maybe pogo. So we ended up not ever having to pay at all at the
0: Ronald. That's White awesome,
1: Contest, which was amazing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Especially yeah. you're
1: talking about families who um like both parents aren't working because you're you're worried about the survival of your child. Yeah. Along with all of your other bills, um, yeah. adding onto it it's is not easy.
0: It's like the world stops, right? It's like you're still doing your thing, but it's like, you know, that's why. I mean, in our particular situation, and I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys were the same. It's like we were so far away from home that my wife was able; she was still on mat leave, right? So here she are, here she is on her first mat leave. You know, at sick kids, I kind of said to myself, it's like, okay, well, I got to get back to work at some point, and then I, I would go work. I was working at the CBC at the time, and then as soon as I was done the news, I would rip off my tie, hop in my car and book it up the 401 to get there. So I would leave Friday nights at seven and I'd be in downtown Toronto by 11 o'clock at Friday night and stay until Monday morning at four in the morning. But I mean, it's, it's just a different time, right?
1: It's survival mode, right? Like you do what you do, what you can, you know, to survive, but they your child's health is the most important.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's numbing. Right, it's it's a numbing experience, but I think it's an experience that you're able to kind of give back and, and open it up. So, what do you uh, like, Laura? What do you want from folks to to know and and support It Capes and what you do on a on a daily basis for for families and kids right across Windsor Essex and, and around the world? Like w- like, how can we help you continue to do this?
1: Um, you can ha- people can continue to nominate children. Um like I said, by going on to our Facebook page, um, Happy Soul Project Kick at Capes and nominating. And there's also happysoulproject.org if they would like to make a donation. Um, we are a registered nonprofit. Um, so we do have things like lawyers fees and accountants fees yearly, um, but we also have to buy material and pay for shipping of these capes, um, things like that. So there's always costs, obviously. Um, with making things like this Um, so any support is obviously helpful but also nominating kids we would like to help out as many kids as we can.
0: Does it get overwhelming in terms of you know seeing some of the kids maybe you know kids who have something similar that you know Mason went through or you know tests that Mason had gone through to say you know this is bringing back something or, or, or are you like, this is a way for, for me to sort of keep his legacy alive?
1: Uh, both. It's hard. Um, there are some stories that just really, you know, get to you because, um, they do hit so close to home. Um, they are, you know, very similar situations or just, you know, some kids just really hit your heart. Um, but it is something that I enjoy because it helps keep a little bit of Mason alive for me. I guess um, it—I don't know—that just helps with my healing.
0: What kind of what kind of boy was Mason? What was he like?
1: <sighs> he was a stinker. <laughs> um he liked to bug his brother and sister he was our middle child um he loved to play hockey um he loved lego he loved tacos with no meat but he loved sour cream and cheese on it <laughs> um, awesome. um he was a good boy and we miss him
0: how are how is was brother and sister um doing how's how the family doing
1: We're good. We're good. Um, we've all, you know, been through some counseling through, um, the CMHA, uh, their grief counseling and, and programs. They've got some good programs there. Um, so Madison, our oldest is eight, going to be 18 in September. Wow. And our youngest Mackenzie is 13. Um, and he loves hockey like his brother. So everybody's just getting old. It's been it's been seven years since Mason was diagnosed, and we've been through it. Um, it feels like it's been a really long time, but it also feels like yesterday.
0: Yesterday, yeah. It's um, when you talk about CMHA, um, I had an opportunity to um, sit in and and I guess cover some of their bereavement programs back in 2018, 2019. Um, Colleen, uh, Campo Compo, uh, yes. was, she's she just, what an amazing woman. Um, I know she's retired since from the CMHA since then, but I got to actually sit in on a bereavement group in session. Like it was live, it was live in session. Um, and everybody who was there was, was okay with me being there with my camera and I wasn't trying to be invasive, but I was just amazed at the emotion that was pouring out of folks and how supportive the other families who were going through similar things with losing a child, whether it was a younger child or an older child, but the camaraderie that was there with the folks. And there were folks who were struggling, and I think there were folks that were really turning a page through that therapy process. But, uh, I mean, maybe speak to that a bit, Laura, about what that meant to you and your family and and having that sort of connection in in the area that we have that resource for folks who are going through difficult times to tap into.
1: Yeah, uh, the CMHA and Colleen Combo was my savior. Honestly, she just, any session I had with her, she just hit the nail, right? Like she knew what she was talking about. Um, She knew how it was feeling, even though she's never personally been through it, she's just, she just knows she's amazing. Um, I also went to the bereavement group for a few years, um, which was amazing and helpful. And knowing that there are other families out there who have suffered a loss, um, similar to yours, even though, you know, we've all in that group, it's not all lost our kids the same way, sure. um, but we've all lost a child and that's just a life changing, um, Thing that you just can't explain to somebody unless they've actually been through it so um finding that group being involved in that group um definitely has changed me helped me grow helped me heal um we have friends there who've started now it's called the julian's house um, and it's in honor of their son, Julian Godet um, who passed away. So they've started a bereavement house, um, in Windsor and Essex County. And so that will speak to families who have lost a child or someone who has lost a spouse or someone who has lost a parent, um, who's in any form of bereavement, um, they're going to have, um, lots of groups and classes and get togethers, um for people who um, are grieving.
0: It's funny, right? Like it's, when you look at the topic of, of getting that out, when you're, 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 you are grieving somebody and you're grieving the passing of somebody that is so close to you, whether it's, uh, you know, a parent, a sibling, a spouse, uh, you know, a child, I think it's a different vibe and it's a different connection that you make um, with those folks who are in those programs with you because you're able to kind of lean on each other. But if you were to go back like 10, 15, 20 years from now, these particular types of groups didn't exist. And and I'm so, I'm so glad like when I sat in on that shoot, Laura, I like walked away from that, that whole story for me was, is, wasn't still very much cathartic. Like it wasn't quote unquote hard news, but for the families who were going through it, and and seeing the pain and the loss and then the purpose behind it a lot of the honoring of the child or the spouse who had passed and sort of keeping the memory alive like you through different things that has to be something where that gives you a sense of purpose where you're not ignoring the pain that you feel but you are honoring the person who touched your life and is still is with you in so many ways yeah
1: it's weird it's like it's it's almost like it's like a new newfound thing. It it was unheard of before to talk about your grief and talk about the person who's passed away. I know. um, I know lots of people who've lost someone who um, won't talk about it. Uh, Don't mention their name. Um, It's too hard, right. Um, But I feel like it's harder to not mention their name to just pretend that they didn't exist because Mason did exist. And I will always say his name, even if it makes people uncomfortable. It's he existed and he was here and he was my son and he was a part of our family and he always will be. Um, it's important to remember people who we've lost.
0: You know, when you talk about Mason, I can tell how powerful uh, an impact he's made on you as a mom. But I think sharing his story and continuing to share his story through, you know, things like these and you know, doing. A live stream, or, or you know, covering different things that you know you're able to kind of get the message out for to folks. That has to have a resonating effect on his legacy and and how you guys are feeling as a family too, right? Because you're able to kind of spread that good news through what you're doing, but also keeping what he was all about still very at the forefront of everyone's mind.
1: For sure. Um, again, it comes back to healing. Um, it, it's all about being able to heal. Um, we will never ever get over such a big loss, um, for our family and our friends and his friends. They'll always remember Mason. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, talking about him and sharing about him and sharing his capes and he was, he was a selfless kid. Like he in the hospital said to me, um, one time, you know, uh, um, I'm glad I got this kind of cancer because now they'll know if somebody else, like another kid gets this cancer, they'll know how to treat it better. Um, Like who says that at eight years old? You know what I mean? Like his heart was always good. Um, When there was a fundraiser out there for him that he knew was going on, like he would say like, they shouldn't be doing it for me. They should do it for other kids who are sick. He's just, he was very, very selfless for an eight year old. Like he, I don't know why beyond his ears, I guess.
0: As a mom, like he's saying this to you, what's going through your mind? I mean, I, I can kind of, I can imagine what's going through your mind, but my God, it's like going through the different, I guess, emotions when he says that to you, that's got to blow you away too.
1: Yeah. Like you just like think in your head, like, like really? Like, I don't know. I mean, I like to think I'm a good person, but I don't know if I would have ever said, I'm glad I got this cancer. Like, I don't know that I would that I would really think the way that he thought, especially at eight years old. I, I just his heart was kind. His heart was was genuinely good.
0: If you're just joining the live stream, we're talking to Laura Reve Spencer, who is with Happy Souls uh, Project Kick It Capes. They're just an amazing group of uh, folks who are trying to put some positive out in the world and affecting so many families, so many kids, so many people with critical illness um, diagnoses right across Windsor-Essex. Uh, we are talking a little bit about uh, the legacy of Mason, her son, uh, what led to this, and um, just kind of chatting tonight. So certainly want you to comment. If you are watching the stream, you can join the conversation here. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, thank yous uh, on the show today from Julie. Uh, Megan as well saying thank you, Kick It Capes. Uh, Tara saying watch it, uh, watching it, uh, love it, and you. And... I think when you build that community, right, there's a lot of people who support you and your family and supported Mason, continue to support Mason. That's got to be a sense of peace for you and your family, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. To know that you're not um, alone in wanting to make sure that he's remembered, Um, knowing that there's other people out there who loved him too um, and who miss him like we do. Um, So it's not just, you know, our immediate family. Um, I have lots of friends um, who love and miss him as well. Um, So it's nice to feel that even people, you know, who have just heard our story um, and have just been touched by it, um, have supported us. We've met many, many new friends and families um, since Mason has passed away. Who genuinely feel our pain and feel our loss with us um, who support us we've moved into a great neighborhood um, with lots of new um, friends and families close by that that like to you know um, listen to me talk about him who have been patient with me and wanted to hear and learn about this little boy who used to be a part of our family here um, who they would have known if if he was still here. So it's nice that they they you know ask and and listen.
0: God bless you. I mean, I I just think it's just incredible what you guys are doing, and uh, I you know I I can't thank you enough from a personal standpoint from my family and I and Liam about how uh, blessed we are to have an opportunity to. Um. I guess uses capes. I, I try to find, I'll try to post the photo we have of Liam, but it's honestly one of my favorite photos of, uh, again, with the lion cape that you guys got him. Uh, we I actually think took. posted it earlier. Yeah, I think so. Yeah yeah. 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 And it's just like, you know, we didn't get to do the, um, you know, we were, we, we had him and then we were just whisked away, um, up the 401. So we didn't get to do, you know, like the newborn stuff. And, and it's like, like it, right. Like, do you feel like, yeah. Wrong? Yeah, I, my wife, Carrie, um, who you know, I know you know, and I know I talk about her quite often. Yeah. She's a very uh, tough individual. Um, I think moms, dads and moms are cut from a different cloth. I think you're cut from somewhat of a similar cloth, but I think moms go into that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and dads do too. Some dads, you know, they kind of clamp down. But like I said before, like I was like a mess. And then Carrie is always very like, whatever we need, we're going to get it done. It was, she was very stoic about it. But I remember when we got Liam home finally and we were sitting on the couch, you know, and she hasn't been home in like three months, right? She left going to Windsor regional to have Liam. And then she didn't come home for three months. Um, and I remember sitting on the couch with her when we got her home, Laura, and we just looked at each other and we just both like just lost it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, let it out. Right. Right. And I, and I think that's, we, we still have those moments, right. Where we take a look at things, um, and we just say, you know, we're blessed and we whatever comes, comes, we'll deal with it. But I, women, listen, women to me are amazing, amazing, amazing moms, especially. <laughs> uh, I, I think it takes a special type of woman to be a mom. And uh, I, I, I can honestly
1: say that, like, even through the grief process, that just, just men and women, husbands and wives uh, grieve differently. Um, my husband and I dealt with Mason's diagnosis differently, um, but I feel like there was a good balance, like, on the days that, like, I just could not, felt like I was breaking down, I could not handle it, and then he was strong, and then there was days that he had his breakdown and I was strong, you, you kind of balance each other out because you do what you have to do at the moment, Right.
0: Got a couple more comments rolling in here, Laura. Uh, Lisa says, love you, Laura. Kick it, Capes made Layla an amazing cape. Don and Joe cherish it greatly. Um, they're great people too. Um, the last time I ran into Don and Joe was probably just before COVID. Um, they were at the hospice gala. Uh, and uh, I got a chance to spend some time finally face-to-face with them at the bar, uh, especially yeah. with Joe. And uh, you know what they went through with through with Layla was... Yeah, I don't know how you guys did it. I don't. I don't know how parents who lost children do it. Um, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. God bless you. Right.
1: Yeah. You just. It's- I know a lot of people say I don't know how you do it, but like you don't have a choice, right? Even you guys, you didn't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You you love your child. You fight for your child. You will do what it takes, right?
0: Yeah. And you do whatever you can to protect them and and to give them the best experiences possible. Right. And I think that's crucial to know and, you know, folks to understand as well. Natasha says here on the stream, you know what? You're the strongest mom I know. You teach me to be strong and brave every day. Um, I mean, this is great. This is great to to see that kind of feedback come in. And, um, you know, it's got to make you feel uh, not accomplished is not the word, but it's it's you're able to lay the groundwork to continue to do more of this. I mean, I wanted to bring this back up on the, the program here uh, just before we wrap it up. But I mean, some of these these kids and, and individuals they're just so happy to receive the capes, right? And this this guy's just just rocking it here. Um,
1: Andrew Gatto. He was he was one of our one of Mason's good buddies. Him and Caleb um, cool. those two um, were his close buddies during chemo. Um, shared rooms with them during chemo treatments, all from Windsor, um, traveling to London for their treatments, we would see each other quite often. And uh, we, we lost both of them as well. um, After Mason and and our hearts broke for their families, because we love those boys as well. Um, So it was hard to watch them, them lose their sons as well and watch them have to deal with the pain that we knew was coming for them.
0: But. At least at the very least you're there to kind of support them right. Through their darkest yeah, days absolutely. And, yeah. and, and to kind of guide them through it. Um, I've got a couple more photos here. I think that we had sent through, you're just loading through the stream as well, but it's always interesting to see, you know um, what you're able to like this here. I mean, this is great. I think this this looks like the Windsor Cancer Center or Windsor Regional. Yeah. Actually, yeah.
1: that's my cousin, Kim. Um, she was
0: diagnosed okay. with breast cancer, so we um, we made her a cape. Oh, bless. And this guy, too.
1: Yeah, that's Justin. Um, okay. He, he had a cool cape, a pink Floyd cape, the Beatles. That's amazing.
0: And now, from the creativity... F- <laughs> for the creativity aspect of these things um they they send you some ideas for the individual to and then you guys kind of riff off it a little bit
1: yeah so it depends um depends if there's no like specific request um i obviously just look through um what we currently have um that's the quickest way to get a cape out to somebody um but if we do have like a special request um We have a great cake maker here in Windsor um, named Jan, and she um, does such an amazing job. It doesn't matter what I throw her way. She's like, yep, yep, no problem. And she does such a good job. Yeah, she's so good.
0: Well, that's awesome. It's nice to have people who are just like so amazing that they're just like on it, on it, on it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, with a few minutes left to go here on the show, um, what do you want people to know about? going forward and 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 kind of spreading that positivity in the world even when you are in your darkest moments
1: um i i would say healing takes time um you can't rush grief i believe that we will grieve for mason for the rest of our lives um the pain maybe gets a little bit um lighter i would say um it never goes away um Many times, you know, when when I think about him, I kind of lose my breath. So it's it's hard, but it is nice to be able to share him with people, to be able to talk about him, to be able to continue to send out capes. Um, It's something that we'd love to continue to do. There's always going to be a need for capes, unfortunately. Um, But it's something that we would like to continue to do. So if people can continue to support us, um, however they can,
0: um that would be amazing yeah so folks if you're listening to the uh podcast after the fact or watching the rebroadcast on youtube uh all the links to support laura and all the amazing work that her and her team does uh are here on screen or in the show notes as well so you can uh, get behind laura and support just an amazing thing that's happening right here in windsor-essex that's having uh lasting effects around the world Well, I'm sure we'll be in contact soon. Um, I just want to say on behalf of everybody in the city and the families who have had a chance to have their warriors wear your capes, thank you for doing an amazing thing. Uh, I think you're an amazing woman. I think you're an amazing family. Uh, And I know Mason is very proud of his mom. So, um, you know, God bless you guys. And thank you for being awesome individuals. Thanks for having me. Uh, My absolute pleasure. One last one. Great job, Laura. Love you from Beth uh, uh, on Facebook. So. We appreciate it. Laura, take care of yourself and I'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That is Laura Reve Spencer, who is joining us on the arms boom and lag project. We appreciate her time tonight. Uh, the capes are awesome. I can tell you, my son absolutely adores his happy to find out a little bit more of information on what they're doing and also to hook up with uh, any kind of needs that they might have for their particular organization to get those capes in the hands of kids and adults who are going through life-threatening illnesses. Um, I can't personally uh, even comprehend what the family has gone through, but it's amazing to see that they are doing some amazing things for folks here in the Windsor-Essex area. And Julie said, yeah, thank you for sharing Mason with us. Special little boy. Okay, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We appreciate you spending some time with us on this edition of the project. Uh, Don't forget, we are... Broadcasting on Spotify. If you'd like to listen to the show, you can search for it. Search uh, the Arms Boom and Like Project. And then Friday night, Friday the 13th, a really special edition of the show. We're going to be welcoming the one, the only, the amazing Steve Bell. Sports broadcaster, voice of the Windsor Spitfires. I think his first round of sort of interacting with the public one-on-one upon thousands who knows who's going to tune into the show on Friday night. Steve Bell, AM800 personality, voice of the Windsor Spitfires, Mr. Sports himself. goes one-on-one with me. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Beller, so I'm really pumped up to have him on the show. He's got a lot to say, as Steve usually does. Uh, and we're going to talk to him about the upcoming Windsor Spitfire season, uh, his time in broadcast. I mean, Beller's done all sorts of crazy stuff, and he'd love to hear from you. So you can join us live Friday the 13th, just after eight o'clock right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, and on Twitter. Have a great rest of the evening tonight. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Thanks for watching and listening to the show. And we'll see you back here on Friday night.